Next on BYUSN, has BYU men's basketball turned a corner, and can they make a legitimate run at a top-four finish in the West Coast Conference now? And Texas and Oklahoma are staying in the Big 12 for, it looks like, two more years. Is that a good or bad thing for the new Big 12? More Sooners and Longhorns. Welcome to BYU Sports Station, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Friday, February 3rd. This is how we do it. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We're making history this March 31st. It, okay, for the first time, we're going to show the spring scrimmage on BYU TV. I know let's for a go. long time you've wanted it, we've wanted it, the team is going to let us in, we're going to show it. It's going to be great. It's part of a loaded day. No more media day on BYU TV, right? We'll be at media days. But at noon Eastern on March 31st, a two-hour alumni day special, okay. essentially a spring media day, the BYU-Baylor game replay, that was fun. Mm -hmm. Five Eastern time. The spring scrimmage is on our air. Yeah. It's about time. Like Can't it's, wait. It's going to be more like your typical scrimmage. Yes. This, is, this will be great. Uh, and then the alumni game is back. That was so fun last year. Hail Mary, Max Hall to Brian Keel. Never thought we'd say those words. That is on BYU TV. So mark your Franklin planners mm -hmm. and your, your white notebook if you're a safety zone guy, whatever, the handbook. Get ready. It's going to be awesome. And uh, we can't wait. And oh, by the way, that night, 9 Eastern time, men's volleyball versus USC on BYU TV. Yeah, it would be all-day football. But the sport you're representing we've, right now with your black sweatshirt. We've got the volley. Yeah, they're rolling, too. They are rolling. Yeah, but spring scrimmage. Spring scrimmage. Hey, it's going to be a fun day. So we're very excited, and we're grateful that the football team, now that BYU is entering the Big 12, I don't know if it's like a rule or something, I don't care what the reason well, let's is. Let's just ramp but, it up. But we are in. Yeah. Uh, they've, they've certainly, we've respected what they've wanted, which is we don't want to give away what we're doing. Now this year, I guess they want to give it away. I'm just kidding. Just They'll keep it something. basic. But it's, we're going to see Keaton Slovis throw the ball. It's, um, it's entertaining. It's yes. entertainment. It'll be great. In late March. And have we locked in fun. Ty Detmer and Steve Young as the quarterbacks for the alumni game yet? Have we extended those invitations? How are their arms? Are they still good? I'm just going to go ahead and extend <laughs> the invitation from BYU Sports Nation and hope that's okay with Jack DeMooney. But yeah, Steve Jack Young DeMooney's and like, Ty Detmer, you're officially invited to the alumni game. Jack, uh, uh, last year Steve got a little upset that he didn't get invited. So <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I'm covering my bases. Or is Max like, I'm still the guy until I get beaten? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, loaded show today and high energy if you can't tell. Okay, men's hoops crushed it last night. Spencer Johnson will join us uh, on the program. He is shooting the ball so well. 63% in league, are you kidding me? Big day today and tomorrow at the Senior Bowl for three Cougs. Cam Meller discusses the highest round potential for each of the three at the Senior Bowl. Uh, Keaton Slovis, eighth among the Big 12 quarterbacks on Cam's list. We'll ask him about that as well. Is having Texas and Oklahoma a full two years in the Big 12 a good or bad thing? Why would it even be a bad thing? We'll discuss. And are we excited to watch Fred Warner play flag football this weekend? I'm not. Here are today's headlines. <laughs> All pro Fred. See the way he pulled that flag? That was amazing. Oh BYU men's basketball. Hey, they were amazing last night. Uh, did not see this performance coming. They bounced back in a major way against LMU, 89-61. That's the third-place team in conference. WCC and the parity there are just wild. Head coach Mark Pope on the improvement he saw. We are getting better, and so it's a nice contrast from, from the game down at LMU to, to this game. It's a, you know, it's a month later, and the guys have made huge strides, and I thought they were great tonight, and they showed it tonight.
Uh, yeah, they showed it with only seven turnovers, a season low. BYU shot over 50% for the game and held the Lions to 36% shooting. Fusini Traore had his 14th double-double of the season. BYU can get over 500 in conference play with a win against Surging Pacific tomorrow night at the Marriott Center, live on BYU TV at 9 Eastern. We got your pregame as well at 8 Eastern. Number 11 men's volleyball beats number 8 Ball State on the road. Nice win in four sets yesterday. 44 kills from the pin hitters, Mix Romanis, Luke Betts, and Capona Brown, who's also had nine aces, three from Gavin Julian. Same two teams tomorrow, 3 Eastern on ESPN+. BYU women's basketball did not play last night. They'll play Saturday, but Lauren Gustin making news on a Thursday, named to the midseason top 10 for the Katrina McLean Award, given out to the nation's top power forward every year. Gustin is ranked number one in the country in rebounds, number two in all the land in double-doubles. BYU, big game in the Slim Gym at San Diego tomorrow at 5 Eastern. Senior Bowls tomorrow, 2.30 Eastern on NFL Network as Jaron Hall, Blake Freeland, and Puka Nakua look to help their draft status with practices this week and the game tomorrow. More about the Senior Bowl from Cam Miller later in the program. We just mentioned it, Pro Bowl Sunday with all-pro Fred Warner. Flag football teams, yep, being coached by the Manning brothers, which is always entertaining. Peyton will lead the AFC team. Eli will take over the responsibilities for the NFC. That game will kick off at 3 Eastern on Sunday. Very exciting. Number 38 Gymnastics competes at number 22 Southern Utah. They are the Flippin' Birds. That's not a joke. That's a reality. Tonight at 10 Eastern on ESPN+. BYU has scored higher in each and every meet of the season. We'll see if they can do that tonight. They'll need a 196.7 plus to continue that trend. Track and field, number 22 BYU and the women specifically will compete in the distance running competitions at the Camel City Invitational in North Carolina. Eight total Cougars expected to participate in three events. The events begin tomorrow. Good luck to everyone involved. Swim and dive is in day two of three at the Air Force Diving Invite. Good luck to the Cougs. BYU men's tennis will play at Cal Poly in Provo at 1 Eastern today. The women's tennis team hosts Washington State tomorrow, their first home meet of the season. Both teams 1-0 on the young season. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. BYU with a stunner against LMU. Not that they won the game. BYU was actually favored to win the game, but only by three or four points. Not by 28, Jeremy. Awesome. Utter domination Fantastic. against the third-place team in conference. What's Trending, as always, presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group serving Utah since 1968. BYU was in seventh place in the WCC going into last night. There's just a logjam in the middle of the conference. After last night's games played out, the Cougars are now in fifth place, just one game back of LMU. Mm -hmm. Pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. So with that said, do you see BYU turning a corner, and can they make a legitimate run at a top-four seed in the West Coast Conference Tournament? They certainly can. It will require uh, some really good play down the stretch, like a no-slip-ups situation. Ken Palm has BYU favored in four of the six. The two they are not are obviously at Gonzaga at St. Mary's. If BYU were able to pull one of those two off, amazing. I don't expect BYU to win those games because I think the Marriott Center magic was strong. BYU rose to the occasion. 
almost beat them at home. Didn't quite get it. BYU is one of two teams that have lost to ranked teams by one point this year with Michigan State. Tough stat. BYU showed that it can play uh, with them. BYU seems to kind of uh, elevate with the good teams and sometimes go down with some of the lesser teams. Um, but BYU is in a situation where if they can summon some sustainable parts of what happened last night, which was mostly defensive, the offense stuck out, if the efficiency, the lack of turnovers, 10%, by the way, Cougar Sat saying the lowest against a D1 opponent this year by turnover percentage. Yeah. That was awesome. But it was the defense, which is now 25th in the country by efficiency, that is sustainable. Solid. Sometimes you don't shoot well. That was awesome. So I, I think BYU's probably going to land as the five seed. Okay. That would be my guess. Kind of, yeah, like an eight and eight, nine and seven kind of situation. If they are four and two or three and three, that will kind of dictate what happens here. But I, I'm confident that there's certain pieces of what BYU did last night that can continue. BYU's going to play Pacific tomorrow. You mentioned they're surging. They, they've been up and down. BYU. Uh, beat them by 20, allowing 49 points in the first West Coast Conference game, which feels like a million years ago. There's that defense. In December, right? Um, and then offensively, 6-9, whatever. You only need 50 to win. Pacific is a team that you take care of at home. you got to take care of Santa Clara and San Francisco at home. you got to win at Pepperdine. 0-10 oh, in the league. Like, they've been terrible. I know they're long and talented. And it's weird they're 0 Field Fieldhouse has been weird. It doesn't been matter. Weird. They're 0-10 in the league. Win. Like, go win there, team. right? Got to beat that team. And then I, I think BYU's in a position to perhaps be as high as four. I don't see BYU at three. I think that's probably Santa Clara's or LMU's spot. And then four's maybe one of the – Five is probably where BYU lands. But four would be amazing, all things considered. Um, the emotions of what's happened in these close games, earlier in the season losing uh, go, uh, to South Dakota and UVU, the Bay Area road trip, which was super detrimental to BYU's pursuit of the three seed. We're not even talking about the three. We're talking about top four. There's still some good to be had here. And remember, last night was huge. If BYU lost last night, I'm thinking maybe NIT's not in the cards. NIT's in the cards now with the LMU win and with the positivity that came out of sure, that game. Sure, sure. Yeah, BYU's resume overall has some quality there. Yeah. They needed to beat LMU, and the way that they beat LMU last night was really, really important. I can't believe I've reached the point, but we're here in February. No, and, don't do it. No, I, I'm telling you, I, this is legitimately what I did for an hour last night, no. okay? I went through the remaining schedules of each and every one of the West Coast Conference teams to just project like, oh, okay. what's th- most I, likely to happen. I thought you were going to take NIT break. No, 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 no. Which and I looked up last week and I felt, I, I actually called <laughs> my bishop gross. and I said, I need to confess something. <laughs> okay. And then I compared it to what Ken Pomeroy is projecting all these teams to finish out. And it's pretty close, but yeah. I, I am convinced that 9-7 and seven is going to be the fourth place finisher. If BYU is 9-7. Could be. And seven, fifth, that was fifth last year for BYU. They will finish in fourth place. It, it is crazy. Yeah. And I've gotten to the point where I'm like, uh, now I'm looking at, okay, which teams am I rooting for in each of these games? <laughs> On Saturday, BYU you wants want San Francisco to beat Santa Clara, okay? Because Santa Clara has one fewer loss or one less loss than San Francisco. They would both have six losses if San Francisco wins tomorrow. On BYU, if they beat Pacific, they would be six and I five. I can't wait to not discuss and, this. Right? Year. As I'm telling you, in fourth place, okay? Don't care what happens between Gonzaga and St. Mary's. They're the top two teams. Like, they're going to finish as the top I want St. Mary's to win the league this year. Okay. I'm like pro St. Mary's. All right. Know. I don't know why. And uh, you should root for San Diego to beat LMU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Right? We, we want, yes, the dregs, which are San Diego and Pepperdine. They've got to clip a couple of the guys. If, B- if LMU loses to San Diego and BYU beats Pacific, 
the Cougars are in a tie for third place with LMU at at six and five, which yes. is just nuts. Yes, and maybe third place is like a six or seven loss team this year, as opposed to kind of four or five. Yeah, ten, if you win ten games in this league this year, you'll finish third. It yeah. doesn't matter who it is. Like if, if the team gets two ten wins, yeah. they will be the BYU's third place. Team. Not getting to ten. That they, they would require beating five Saint Mary's or Gonzaga on the road. I just don't see that it. Is a, and that not is slipping up any but where else. Yeah. But the point is, they can make a legitimate run at that fourth place yeah. finish yeah. because there's so much parity in the conference. I'm thinking five. I'm thinking there's one slip up against non-St. Mary's Gonzaga somewhere. If not, though, top four, baby. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. Show up on Saturday. Yes, to get there. Mm, and not get Friday. And start on Saturday. Topic two. Multiple reports say Texas and Oklahoma probably aren't leaving before the two-year window of 2025 to the SEC at this point. So... Having the Longhorns and Sooners in the new Big 12, good or bad for the conference? And if it is bad, tell me why. It's good for the conference because you have national brands that are sticking around. I know that there's a little bit of weirdness because they're a divorced partner of sorts, and they're just waiting for... The, the documents and the yeah. papers to be signed You're so the, the divorce can become official. See it's each other weird. at breakfast. It's a little weird. It's weird. In Texas and Oklahoma, I believe up to this date, still have not like put out their own announcement about the Big 12 schedule. They just kind of retweeted what the Big 12 did. They didn't? Yeah, that's as far as I know. As far as I looked this morning. <laughs> They're like... Oh, yeah, yeah, here's what oh, the Big like, 12 hey, said. Georgia won the national title. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> so... They're not super excited about it, but it, it's good for the conference, and it's, it's fun for BYU fans to because based on BYU being the only team of the newcomers to get both Texas and Oklahoma, fans across BYU Sports Nation were stoked because we thought, oh, this is going to be the last year, and BYU got both of them. Well, now there's a chance that BYU is going to host Texas in 2025, and, and the prospect of that is really nice. Yeah. And playing, I want BYU to play at Oklahoma to have that experience. Yeah, 100%. Like, have, go to that historic stadium and setting and play in Norman. Yeah. Why wouldn't this be good? Huge brands, national interests, most of the time, really good teams. Texas is relevant no matter what they do. Even if they suck, they're relevant. Oklahoma's been the best team in the Big 12 since 2000, one of the best uh, teams in the country. How many New Year's Six games since 2000 do you think they've been to? I looked it up this morning. I was shocked by the number. I'm guessing like 13 or 14. 17! 17! New Year's Six games. They're unbelievable! Why would it ever be bad to have Oklahoma in the Big 12 the next two years? I think it's going to be great. It's going to be fun in basketball. It's going to be fun in all the sports. I want them in two years. Texas can afford it. Oklahoma can't. Oklahoma can't afford to leave early. Texas... Just writes a check from that away money. They, they don't, don't care. care. They don't care. No, no, yeah, it's weird. They're, yeah, they're getting divorced. We're waiting for the paperwork, but you might as well just make it as entertaining and with as much national yes. power as you possibly can. BYU and Norman will be really fun in 2024. Let's, let's make that happen. Let's hope that happens. I hope the conference, after making Oklahoma come to Provo in late November, <laughs> it's like maybe we should give Oklahoma, we should throw them a bone and, and have BYU back in Norman next year. So, or not. Throw BYU a bone? Yeah. They owe nothing to Texas and Oklahoma. That's true. Well, they owe a lot of great years, but now they're upset. Our question of the day. Uh, it centers on basketball, and Big 12 basketball is going to be something. Holy cow. I can't wait to talk about Kansas State and uh, Oklahoma State. <sighs> and 
everybody. All the teams. Baylor, Kansas, going to be great. But first, it's the West Coast Conference and the West Coast Conference Tournament. Will BYU be a top-four seed at this year's WCC Tournament? They're in fifth place right now. Why or why not? Brendan Smith on Twitter says, yes, if BYU can finish the rest of the regular season playing like they did last night. Okay, let's be honest. Is BYU going to play like last night, the remaining six? No. no. Can, can they gather several sustainable elements from that? Yes. And they can take advantage of playing on their home court against San Francisco and Santa Clara. Absolutely. And Pacific. If you, yes. Dave McCann's tweet is true. If BYU played like that, they win the league last night. But that was a high. That was an amazing performance coming off three losses. You grab a few things that work, mostly on defense, I think. Yeah. And, like, Jackson Robinson coming off the bench was a wrinkle. That was really nice. And LMU's Maybe big, that's big man was forward. injured. Like, BYU took advantage of them not having their big size in the yeah. post. Yeah. So there are things there. But, Yeah. Let's hope for every Rick, game. Rick Asansa is not a 28-point difference, though. Let's not it's, give that oh, guy 100, too much 100%. Jeez. Couldn't agree more. Okay, uh, coming up tomorrow night, 8 Eastern time. Again, every game big for BYU men's soups down the stretch with yeah. six games to go. Pacific in town. You won this first game by 20. Big game. Got to keep it going at home. We got you on the pregame, 8 Eastern time. Game on BYU TV as well. Nine up next, Spencer Johnson. A breakout performance last night, 14 points. He's in studio to talk about how BYU avoided going to a bad place after that gut punch of a loss to St. Mary's. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Johnson rolls that ball into the hoop. Johnson, three, good! Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B on a fantastic Friday, a winning Friday for BYU men's basketball. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. There are two Spencers in the studio right now. And Did I leave? The one sitting across from us is certainly the more swaggy and cooler of the Spencers. We can only we call him D1 Spence. We can only try to get on that level. Yes, D1, <laughs> D1 Spencer Spence Johnson in the house. Spence, thanks for hanging out with us morning. Yeah, good to be here. I like to point out, me and Jerem. Hey, white 270s day. On the, the same stage. Hey, white like, as well. I settled for the Vapor Max. Yeah, I mean, Apparently, I didn't settled. get the memo. You settled. Yeah. Well... I almost wore my black 270s, and yeah. now I'm feeling left out. Next time. Next time. Ah, D1 okay. Spence. Right? What's, yeah. what's up? <laughs> he's, he's the swaggiest, for sure. Uh, unbelievable performance from your team last so night. Yeah. Given what you dealt with last Saturday night and the disappointment that naturally comes from losing a heartbreaking game like that to St. Mary's, and you and I talked at length after the St. Mary's mm-hmm. game. We talked again last night after the LMU win. In your opinion, what was the biggest reason that you were able to come out as a team and do that and not go to a bad place. Yeah. Um, well, it's tough, man. We had two heartbreaking losses, like the Gonzaga one, the St. Mary's one were both heartbreaking, just those, those buzzer beaters. And I think the biggest <clears throat> thing that we were feeling as a team is like we are, we're right there. We're right there. And at some point, like the sun's got to come up. You know, like we're, we're right there. And if, if we hang in there and we keep working – and, and we stay positive, we stay together, it's going to come up and we're going like, to get over that hump. And so it felt really good to actually like, see that happen last night. 
How'd you guys keep the pedal down the whole time? Because beating LMU by 28 and scoring 30 more points than you did in LA. Yeah. I mean, that's an incredible performance. Totally, totally. That's a step we needed to take as a team. I feel like, you know, we've been up on some teams and then we kind of let them get back into it and it hasn't really gone our way. So it's a step that we needed to take where we have a lead and then we grow that lead. And I feel like that's something our team's been able to do all year where we're trying to get better and we are getting better, you know, every single game. So many aspects of this game are impressive. You just look at the statistics. Yeah. You out-rebound LMU by 11. BYU only turns the ball over seven times yeah. yesterday. Which Lowest is a turnover low. percentage against a D1 team. Like yes. What was uh, your favorite or, I, I guess, the most proud aspect of that game last night? I was the turnovers for sure. For sure. I mean, you look back at, you know, some of the losses that we've had against Gonzaga, against San Diego State early in the year where we were leading, you know, a lot of the game. And it was the turnovers that just kind of like came back to bite us. So to have those seven turnovers was, I mean, 28-point win against a really good team. It's, uh, to me, it was the whole story. That was special. And now you get into a situation where <laughs> last night it's like, okay, if you lose, you're in like seventh. Yeah. If you win, now you're sitting in fifth, but it's a battle for fourth place yep. uh, tomorrow night. Pacific's a team that you beat by 20, but it's been a minute. Mm -hmm. uh, they're better. You're better. What are your thoughts on uh, round two with the Tigers? Uh, it's going to be tough. They're shooting the ball super well. They just barely beat, uh, I think it was Santa Clara, right? Yep. Yep. They, Last uh, week. Yep. I mean, they're scoring in the 90s consistently, so – Definitely. Which is weird for them. Yeah. Typically, they're a kind of grinded out team. Yeah. And they've been changing their lineup a ton. They'll have, you know, this dude start one game, and the next game he's playing two minutes. and Like five guards Yeah, sometimes. it's, it's, it's yeah. super interesting. So we're definitely going to have to be, you know, locked in on the scout and, and just on defense because they're scoring the ball like crazy. And they shoot it well from three, but you guys really limited them in game one. That yeah. was a big deal. Yep. Yep. I just documented in detail that I'm all in on the scoreboard watching in the West Coast Conference. So I'll, I'll handle that for you and for the staff. <laughs> like, I, I'm sending out tweets now through February of every team BYU fans should root for in the West Coast Conference to win to help BYU's go. status in the WCC. How much do you pay attention to what other teams are doing when you are in a race like this to get a better seed? Um, not a ton. Personally, not a ton. I'm sure our coaches are, like, super locked in on it. Um, Which relative is feeding you that info, though? Because someone uh, is, probably, right? Yeah, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, Every I need to see one, them. Yeah. <laughs> Santa Clara did move. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, but just, uh, just paying attention to who we have next. That's all we can take care of. And it's specific to get to six and five. Uh, you just talked about the matchup with the Tigers, yeah. for sure. How much do you enjoy a win like last night before like, you try and make the mental switch to Pacific? Um, I don't know. I'm still enjoying it. That felt pretty good. <laughs> Understandable. You, you want by twenty eight. Let's let it roll. Let's let it carry team. over. Yeah. yeah. You wait until practice today, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll go. I'll go get some uh, Chick Fil A from the Wilk. Just kind of <laughs> soak so it in a little bit, and then practice hits. It's game on. <laughs> and then, and then you should the enjoy it, dude. Let's talk about your three point shooting. Well, mm -hmm. your overall play, but like you're shooting. What is it, Tyson? Sixty three percent, I think, in league. Sixty one point eight. That's why I asked Tyson. That's incredible in league. From three. Mm -hmm. What is it about your shot right now that is going so well? Um, just not taking super tough ones. I mean. Now, wait a minute. Last night, there was one that you were feeling. Yeah. It was a step back. That one was a tough shot. That one was a tough shot. But I don't shot. think you cared. No. Because no, you were no, feeling no. it. Yeah. I tried my best uh, Damian Lillard impression. 
just kind of a little step back to the right, let it fly. As soon as I let it go, I told the guy, I was like, that's cash. <laughs> and he like turned around and kind of looked at me and I was like. Your body language said that. Like when you put that one up, I was like, oh, he's, he's feeling it. Oh yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, just trying to, you know, shoot the ball the same way every time. Um, worked a lot. I know you guys have talked to Trevin. They call him the shot doctor. Yep. So I've worked a lot with him where we're like, we're trying to find a, pick a spot on the rim just consistently shoot it right there every single time. Where is that? Which is the back of the rim. Okay. So okay. for the back of the rim. Um, we actually have this really cool, um, they call it Noah, and it's in our practice gym, and it tracks um, where your shots are, are landing in the rim and the depth that it also goes in. So we figured and the out. arc and whatnot? Yeah, the arc. And yeah. So, so we figured out if you can get it between a certain percentage, um, it has the best chance to go in, and then it also like divides the rim um, kind of like a cross, and it'll say like, hey, you're shooting 60% of your shots to the back left of the rim, and if you can move it, you know, to the back right, you're going to go up, you know, 15 percentage points Whoa. or whatever. It's super, super detailed. Well, it's gone up for you like yeah, 15 percentage points. Exactly. Right? So I worked super close with Trev, and we figured out where most of my shots were, were uh, where I was missing. And we're like, okay, we're going to work on pushing it, you know, back a little bit and trying to get a little more arc. And clearly it's been paying off. That's awesome. One of the more entertaining aspects of my job on the sidelines is watching the benches react to yeah. your threes specifically because everybody knows that you shoot the three well, all the opponents. And so watching Randy Bennett lose his mind when St. Mary's that's all, lost that's, Spencer Johnson that's on the joyous floor. joyous for all of us. Let's be <laughs> honest. 500 win last night. Yeah, very entertaining. And then the same thing last night. Watching Stan Johnson just like, he didn't have any hair, but he was like, <laughs> like really frustrated because they know what you're capable yeah. of doing. How do you continue to find open spots knowing that you're going to be keyed on and how can you use that to your advantage for your other teammates? Yeah, um, I was talking with Coach Fennell about this and it, <clears throat> he was like, hey, you're becoming a bigger part of, of uh, these team scouts. So he's like, you need to be able to, to mix up other things into your game where they're not expecting it, like throwing a back cut or um, you know, throw in a curl when you come off a screen. Just little wrinkles where he's like, it just keeps them on their toes just enough where when you do get that space, you just let it fly. Yeah, that, and that's important because uh, as you get better, yeah, you've got to evolve too, right? Totally. Um, when, it, when it comes to what's sustainable from last night, because yes, you would love to play like last night every yeah. game. Let's be honest, that was, that was incredible. You hope to summon parts of that. What is sustainable from last night in the final six games? Um, I know I talked to Spencer about this last night, but it was Noah. When Noah dived on the floor, um, he, he did it a couple times. It was super yeah. early in the game. He, he dove on the floor, and he got that loose ball. I think that's something that's super sustainable. Like That, that got us feeling really good. Um, hopefully, we can keep the turnovers low. You know, Coming to two feet when we're in the paint and just making a simple decision. Um, if we can keep that low, we can, we can keep winning those 50-50 balls. That'll give us a really good shot. You had three teammates make a return after a one-game suspension yesterday, yeah. and clearly it had an impact. You just mentioned one of them, Noah Waterman, yeah. winning one of those 50-50 balls early to set the tone. Jackson Robinson hit a couple of big threes early in the first half. Atiki's length is a problem for opposing defenses. Um, what were you expecting from those guys coming out of a tough situation last night? Well, they're really good players, you know. So I was super excited to get them back because we need them. Like, we need them to win, and, and they came in and they played great. So super, super proud of them. Did you get to um, assess what 
shampoo and conditioner Kelly Lea Pepe uses at all? Like, did you get a whiff? Of the, the big man for LMU? At any point? I didn't. Maybe a little Irish Spring, but like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I could be off. Did it smell bad? Did it smell good? Was it? Uh, didn't smell? No. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to understand the majesty of that mullet until you experience yeah. it up close and personal. But the mustache, too. The mullet-mustache uh. combo is like... Very strong. Yeah. Very strong. <laughs> who's that guy? Who's, who's the guy that has the best hair on the team right now on BYU's side? On our side? Yes. Uh... Maybe Braden Moore. Okay. Braden Moore. He's buzzed it. Well, yeah, he had so he had super long hair, and then one day he just comes in with a buzz cut, and everyone's like, "B Moore, what do you? What happened? What are you doing?" And I don't know. This was a sad day when it, it was a sad away. day. Did he join the ROTC, which is <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's shipping out for basic training tomorrow. <laughs> doing push-ups. What's going on? All right, Spence. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for the Pacific game tomorrow. Huge yeah, good one. luck tomorrow night. Is your battle to get into fourth place? We'll continue the scoreboard watching for you. We'll try and limit the relatives' text messages to you about yeah, what's yeah, happening. Yeah, you can't. You can't control. That's, <laughs> it's just gonna. One happen. game at a time. He is D1. D1. Spencer. D1. Spence. Thanks for coming in. Let's go. Thanks, guys. Okay. Uh, You can listen to the game tomorrow. Big one with Pacific, like we mentioned. Cougar pregame live, 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. Plus, an Oklahoma State fan has fired just a big-time first shot at BYU and their fan base. Cowboys are putting the Cougars on notice. What's that all about up next on the show? Stay with us. Them is fighting words. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and uh, maybe one day be real. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not not really going to push for that one. I'm going to start a new one. It's called Be Fake. (laughs) Oh, wait, that's what all the other ones are. As fake as possible? exactly. Okay. Trademark that idea right now. You just upload screenshots of things you wish you were doing. (laughs) He is Jared. Not what you're doing. I am Spencer. What we actually are doing right now is whipping it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Marist, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Speaking of fake, uh, the Pro Bowl is uh, a black football game. Fred Warner is going to be playing in it. Will you watch this? I'll probably watch for a minute because I like the Mannings. I think the Mannings are super hilarious. And so their, pers- their personalities will carry this. That that makes me interested in watching that game. Also, I'll be on a plane, so there's probably more of an opportunity for me to watch that game while I'm a on plane, a plane. A plane like a flat surface? As in no, an airplane. That, oh, an airplane. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I will not watch it. You're not going to watch it at all? No. Even the Mannings no. involved? No. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't, Fair I don't enough. I watch a flag football game. All right. I'm good. Will you watch the Reese's Senior Bowl, though? Yeah. Okay. I'll watch some of that. That leads me I, to this question. Mainly highlights, but yeah. College Football Network's Cam Miller is going to join us in just a bit. Yesterday, he ranked Keaton Slovis as the eighth-best quarterback going into the Big 12. We're hoping he's in the Senior Bowl next year after having a great season. Do you expect yeah. Slovis to be higher than number eight? in that list of Big 12 quarterbacks at the end of the season. We sure hope so. Uh, I'm hoping for top five, top six. Uh, Dylan Gabriel of Oklahoma, Quinn Ewers of Texas, Jalen Daniels of Kansas stick out. Um, Will Howard played really well for Kansas State as they won the Big 12 title. So there's some good quarterbacks coming back. There's some questions, right, for TCU, Oklahoma State. Uh, Spencer Saunders went to Ole Miss. Yeah. Jackson Dart's like, uh, I thought I was the guy here. So, yeah, there's certainly some good quarterbacks in the league. Hoping for top five, top six. I think that would accomplish what BYU needs. 
If he's ninth or worst, I think BYU's in trouble. Underperformed yeah. and BYU's in trouble. BYU's in a little bit of trouble. Then bowl eligibility is like, mm. yes. Granted, there are a lot of good teams, a lot of good quarterbacks. For sure. Is BYU men's volleyball back, or are they Texas back? BYU men's volleyball is at, gosh, I don't want to say they're Texas back. Like, that's I just, just feel like that's, that's such a shot. It's just mean. Right? And now we, because, can, now we can throw those a little more uh, relevantly. That's a word now, because I mean, BYU he, big call. Yeah, here's the thing. How long has BYU men's volleyball been down, Jerem? A year? Oh, one, no. One year. A one whole year, year. One year. Like, Texas back is like, when was the last time Texas was really, really good? Like, consistently. It's been more than a decade, it's right? It's been a while. It's Colt McCoy. Like, are we going back that far? It's been a, it's it, been a hot minute. It feels that way, right? For as much money so, as they have. So, no, BYU men's volleyball is definitely more back than Texas back. Yeah, they're, get, they're getting they're there. building. It's a couple of wins. I don't want to freak out over a couple yeah. of wins. Like, yeah, BYU's got uh, Ball State Saturday again. UC Santa Barbara coming in next week, who's kind of struggled. One and six, played a tough schedule. They're a top ten team. Yeah, yeah, BYU's going to climb into the top ten, which is great. But BYU's, if, if BYU's outside of the top five, typically that's below the high, high standard yeah. that is BYU men's They're not back until they're back in the top five. Probably. Right? Yeah. An Oklahoma State fan account, at awesome. cowpoke underscore you, and he's a great follower, tweeted out the following. Hey, BYU Twitter, Oklahoma State's funeral potatoes are superior to yours. With a Val Kilmer gif with evil eyes. <laughs> Laser eyes. Uh, Jerem, does the funeral potatoes comment make this a rivalry now? Well, They're playing on rivalry weekend. Them is fighting words. Um, and and uh, But it's not like what happened with uh, CFB home today. So Utah football stats analysis said, hey, more, uh, more news from the Groundhog celebration. USC is overrated. BYU won't be bowl eligible. At CFB home tweeted, Utah hasn't beaten BYU in 1,240. <laughs> That is a fantastic tweet and some Groundhog Day content I can get behind. So, yeah, don't you dare make fun of our, our uh, you know, stone-cold soberness, our uh, ice cream, or our funeral potatoes. Yeah. Are we coming for you, Stillwater? And how dare you declare us not bowl eligible at this point? How come about on. you win a Rose come on, Bowl? Come on. <laughs> Okay, never too early to get ready for football season. We mentioned earlier in the program, in case you missed it, Friday, March 31st, noon, two-hour Alumni Day special, 2 Eastern, BYU versus Baylor game replay. Spoiler alert, BYU wins an OT. Hug Jake Aldroyd. 5 Eastern, BYU spring scrimmage for the first time in history on TV. Let's go. And 7 Eastern, the Alumni game. 9 Eastern men's volleyball versus USC. Huge day on BYU TV. Up next, Cam Miller of the College Football Network expert in pro football. He's talking BYU at the Senior Bowl. Where is everyone getting drafted? And what does he think of Keaton Slovis' Big 12 rankings? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. BYU Sports Nation live on a Friday from Studio B. In the words of the great Montel Jordan, this is how we do it. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now live on Zoom, one of our elite contributors 
and we don't use that word lightly, longtime friend of the program. He is Cam Meller of the College Football Network and Pro Football Network here to discuss, among other things, BYU's NFL draft prospects and senior bowl coverage. Cam, great to have you back on the program on a Friday. Um, uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be here as always, but also to be mentioned in the same monologue as Montel Jordan. You know, I've, I, I felt like I made it last time, but now we're really taking up a notch. I called him a homie of the program last week. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, he is. It's a Friday tradition that we have on BYU Sports Nation. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. Cam, tomorrow the Senior Bowl goes down with BYU's Jaron Hall at quarterback, wide receiver Puka Nakua, we think. Maybe he's injured and won't play. And then Blake Freeland on the offensive line. From just an overall standpoint, those three guys, how are they performing in your opinion? It's an interesting take. The trio of them each had their moments. Um, I would say that Puka stole the show on Tuesday, the first day of practice. Uh, but then we haven't seen him since. And uh, no word yet on whether that was his decision or it was an injury that kept him out of practices on day two and three. Uh, Jared had some amazing balls overall during one-on-one drills. Team drill seemed a little bit slow as the install was still coming in and receivers were running some wrong routes here and there. Uh, and Blake held his own at left tackle reps. He was also playing some right tackle, which is new, obviously, um, but also had some uh, some discrepancies that I think he's got some room to grow in an NFL offense. So overall, the trio had their moments um, and really proved that they belong in this NFL draft conversation. Give us a sense of what the practices and the drills mean in the week leading up to it versus the game as NFL scouts and GMs assess these high-profile potential draft picks? Yeah, it's, uh, I say the, what they do on the field is about 33% of what this whole week is like, or, or for the athletes, uh, the seniors, the Shrine Bowl, all their bowl games. Because, let's face it, there's not a lot of flights into Mobile, Alabama. It's not a huge airport if you've ever been to it. It's a couple of the tarmacs here and there. But overall, with the amount of people that are inside and, and going to Mobile, they're on 24-7 that entire week that they're down in Mobile. No matter, they're getting a cup of coffee. NFL scouts are watching them. Decision makers are in the same breakfast rooms as them. And so what they do on the field is very, very important, but it's about 33%. It's about cementing what we believe that they they were on tape. But the rest is a lot of it is uh, the importance is the, the lead up to the game. Uh, and you'll actually see the, the attendance drop significantly from the week of practices. I believe on Thursday, everything, uh, everybody leaves. It's a mass exodus uh, from Mobile. Interesting. So when the actual game takes place, how much can a guy really help himself in that game scenario? I, I think it probably varies by position. You want to make sure that you can see offensive linemen put continuous reps back, back and forth. Uh, you're going to have similar defensive linemen also that you're going up against as well in that situation. So I think quarterbacks, you want to see if they can install the offense. You want to see if they can run a two-minute drill because I believe each team is going to get a two-minute drill uh, in the game. So, you know, it's – it's not, uh, it's not a lot on a bunch of the skill players, but I do think that maybe the, the quarterback and then the certain positions have a lot more that they can prove. Uh, you know, but I think it varies, um, and it's not necessarily as important as those practices. You mentioned recently that you felt like uh, Puka Nakua could be drafted ahead of Jaron Hall based on what we've seen uh, this week. How are you feeling about the three guys and uh, that opinion of Puka and Jaron? Yeah, I do think that Jaron probably cemented who we all thought that he could have been or is as a quarterback. Um, obviously not been in the room uh, with his interviews with the decision makers. And so don't know, you know, how well he's been answering. Maybe some of those, those questions that he's gotten, but I still think he's right in that mix as the fifth or sixth quarterback selected in the draft. That'll put him right at the tail end of round three, maybe the beginning of round four. Uh, him and Jake Hayner actually. Who were battling on 
same team are right in that same exact mix for uh, that position of quarterback five, six, or seven. So for him, I, I still think Jaron is, is the, the higher drafted of him and Puka, but Puka definitely opened eyes and it catapulted his draft stock day, with that day one. Uh, you said Puka stole the show in that one practice. Some boards, in fact, I've seen quite a few boards don't have Puka getting drafted. You feel like he's done enough with this one practice and his body of work at BYU amidst injuries that he is a, a sure thing draft pick at this point? I would say after Tuesday's practice, he's a sure thing of a, of a draft pick. I, I think a lot of people were worried um, and concerned, obviously, about the injuries. But I do think, again, I mentioned 33% of it is what you do on the field. That 66%, 67%, if uh, our math is correct, uh, is is him answering the questions in those decision-making rooms, those interviews with those the NFL draft, with the, the scouting departments, the, the gurus. It's a lot better to hear it from Puka than it would be to hear it from a representation, hear it from a media outlet. So all I would take is uh, one of those decision makers to make sure that they like his answers and, and trust where he is in rehab, make sure he's just healthy. Basically, I think he showed enough on Tuesday to fully cement himself as, as a day, mid-day three pick. At this point, what's the highest round for each of the three you feel like they could go? That's an interesting question. I, I think Blake, highest he could go is probably round two. At this point, I think there's some room for him to grow. Long arms, um, but he did get attacked with some hand fighting and lost some of those those battles. Great balance as well. Uh, but round two is pretty high for him. I think he's right in that day two range, maybe round three for him. Jaron, round three, round two is the highest, depending on how far we get down the quarterback, uh, the quarterback well, so to speak, how many go in that round one range. Um, and then Puka also, I mean, it, it would not surprise me if Puka was drafted in round three. Um, just that athleticism and his size and uh, his versatility to be able to play outside, inside, um, and everything that he brings to the table, if he's healthy, someone would fall in love with him, I guarantee. But round rounds four, five, or six for Cam Miller is with us on BYU Sports Nation discussing BYU's NFL draft prospects. Cam, I know that the Indianapolis Colts really like Jaron Hall, but the Colts are probably going to take one of those top two quarterbacks uh, with their early draft pick. So where does Jaron fit? What's a good fit in the NFL for Jaron Hall? I think Jaron, honestly, the Colts, I don't know. He'd be pressed into duty uh, pretty early in that situation. I think for him to, to have a veteran who's not quite aged out completely, have someone that can help him adjust to the speed or, or really give him some of the some of the practice reps that he can help push the veteran to, to continue to, to perform at his best. I think a simplified offensive system that is sort of a vertical passing offense that allows him to use the arm strength and his accuracy because we all know from watching him play over the past two years, the accuracy is not going to be an issue. Arm strength not, is not an issue. His athleticism is not going to be an issue. But using the vertical passing game to his advantage as opposed to relying too much on his athleticism will elongate his NFL career, but also be able to allow him to really shine where I think he shines the most. So getting one of those situations where it's pushing a veteran, ultimately being a dependable backup for years one or two uh, before he has to really step into the, uh, the limelight. So my Seahawks uh, would be the perfect fit, uh, which is what I'm hoping for, which would be great. Uh, you did produce a list of uh, the top Big 12 quarterbacks going into next season. Keaton Slovis at number eight. What do you see in Keaton that you like to put him at that spot? You know, if, it, if this was two, three years ago, I would have put Keaton Slovis right up there with uh, the number one, two, three, like in that top range um, for, the, for the Big 12. However, we may have taken a step back and we are not quite that uh, 2019 performance that knocked JT Daniels out and ultimately became, you know, a talking point as a potential number one overall pick. 
Now the Pitt offense didn't do a whole lot for him last year. It was not the Kenny Pickett offense from two years ago. It was a very pro style, uh, almost like a Cal Bears uh, to, to pull it out West Coast type of offense. And that was not his strength. His strength is, again, a vertical offense, throwing you know four wide receivers out there and allowing him to use his arm strength. He has great accuracy. I do worry a little bit about some decision makings uh, at time. And then also some of his, his ball placement can be a little bit erratic. We've seen recently, but I think getting him into a rhythm eight is probably his, his floor for where he's going to rank in the conference. And he can certainly get much higher. Interesting. I do want to ask one follow-up question about Keaton. Uh, it, how much can BYU fans really expect from him, given that this is his final year and he has been at two programs previously? This is a well-traveled guy. So what are fair expectations for him? You know, it's it's a veteran leadership that gets brought into the table here. It's a qu- quickly becoming a place you can come and put your name on the map for court as a quarterback and not not quite repair. This is the first time we're maybe going to try to repair a quarterback's image in the NFL draft decision makers. But I think that it speaks volume to the program, but it also speaks volume. I think Slovis is still that kid or he can be that quarterback that is a first round type of NFL draft pick if he can put it all together. And so expect from him a veteran leader who's going to take over the offense um, and be a guy who is absolutely dependable, countable or accountable, uh, but also can maybe elevate this team. He's experienced in power five play as well. So I think you have that, that most of the players uh, on offense and defense on the BYU roster right now do not have that power five experience. So, you know, bringing a guy like Keaton in to lead the offense, lead the team is really a testament to him and it's going to really challenge him as well. So I think honestly, we can expect him to elevate the team and vault his draft stock. Cam, uh, I know every BYU fan hopes that at this point next year, we're discussing Keaton Slovis as a potential high-round draft pick. We shall see. We appreciate the time and your busy schedule, man, and uh, the insights into the BYU guys at the Senior Bowl. Thanks for the time. My pleasure, guys. Thanks as always for having me. Cam Miller, always a pleasure to have him on the show. He knows what's going on. His insight, his information, his expertise. Yeah. Really, really so. He's got that BYU SN mug. It was off screen. And a cat. I think there was a cat in there. Do we have a cat? Did you notice that? I heard a cat, and uh, it's not a little shadow. Well, you can't have a pet cougar. It's the next closest thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Come on now. (laughs) You missed any of our uh, BYU TV sports interviews, shows, games, deep blues, anything. BYUSN.com. Download the free BYU TV app as well. It's all on demand. And up next, a rise and shout out to the woman who may be responsible for BYU basketball and Fusini Traore coming back in a major way last night. Stay with us on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Post BYU Sports Nation's on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU Radio apps and subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast. One game down this week, two more to go in this week's edition of BYU Sports Nation Fantasy Basketball. And things as far as the game last night return to normal for Jerem and me. Uh, 69 points for you, Jerem, uh, through the one game. I put together a 58-point performance. Hey, good stuff. So minus 11 going into a Lauren Gustin game pretty much is just the nail in the coffin. You're going to win. I think so. 
Um, yeah, and we both played LMU men's players last night. It was Leia pretty close. Yeah, it was pretty close. Two-point difference. Shelton was 21. Kelly Lea Pepe. Who, 19. Who reminds me of Ramses from Nacho Libre, by the way. Ramses. Like, if you put a luchador mask on him and say it, said Lea Pepe's uh, quads are the number one. That would just make sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> it just really would. Are you plus, you're plus 11. So yeah, it's going to take something special again from Nani Falatea and something. She's been playing great. Yeah. She's been getting a ton of buckets. So, um, yeah, I, I am very excited. Maybe something shocking from Gideon George, who has just kind of been quiet. Uh, relatively yeah, Gideon's speaking. been a little quiet. Yeah. Okay. He's consistently, like, solid to good to very good, right? You just need a very good performance. I'm just glad I didn't go over and I got it out of the way. Yeah. I, <laughs> I didn't even know until yesterday. <laughs> That's how much you care Yesterday about morning, this. I was like, oh, oh, I, won, oh I, I won again. Oh, I lost? Yeah, what? yeah I actually lost. Yeah, it's like, that's what, that's what uh, Gonzaga's like. Saint Wait, Mary's what? In- we lost to LMU? <laughs> I didn't even know until this morning. By the way, St. Mary's hosting Gonzaga this Saturday night. Huge game. Massive game. I will be watching This that. Saturday. Tomorrow night. Yeah. I'll be watching every West Coast Conference game because we're in February and I'm scoreboard watching. Yeah. Yeah. I just watch Big 12 games now. I don't know. I'm a, year, I'm a yearhead. <laughs> Our question of the day, will BYU basketball be a top four seed at the WCC tournament? That'd be awesome. Why or why not? Our Elite Voice of the Day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. From at Jonathan Hawk on Twitter says, BYU if super fan. BYU plays like they did last night for the rest of the regular season, they will be a top four seed. That's so much to ask. They'd be the three seed. You want, you want like, them to be the – they'll beat St. Mary's or Gonzaga probably if they play like they did last night. Yeah, Shoot, j- 56%. Just, like grab not. some sustainable elements, yeah. Uh, limiting turnovers is had keys for BYU to be a top four seed. Yeah. Today's rise and shout out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Let's give it to Fusini Traore's tutor, Jess. And I walked in. Uh, Jessica Mullen. Yeah, to do uh, the film room shoot, and she's there helping him with his homework. Always. And, and he said, she's so good for my mental health this week. They like, helped me focus on schoolwork and, like, stay in the game. You I forget, thought, they do more than play the game. I thought that was pretty cool. And, and in fact, here's the soundbite. Like, I said, okay, I just had to focus, you know, and Jess, Jess actually helped me, like, you know, like, she tried to talk to me, like, make sure everything is good, you know. You know Jess, yeah, mm-hmm. my tutor there. She helped me, like, you know, and I was just able to forget about everything, focus on my home, uh, homeworks, because I got three tests. I got two tomorrow and one next week, you know. And I'm just, I'm just ready to go take them, you know. Good hey, luck on those let's tests. Let's go. Just stands under the basket at every game. She's awesome. Yeah. She's, she's number one fan. The number one. All right, our thanks to today's guests. Uh, Cam Meller was fantastic. And, of course, Spencer Johnson in studio. Sorry to Dennis. No time. We're Jerem. I am Spencer. It's been a while since we've shouted out Gary Trost. We'll see you tomorrow. BYU Sports Station game day starts at 8 Eastern before BYU Pacific. Go Cougs. Wow, wow.